Welcome to the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell. Today we're going to talk with the director of the Sykeston Department of Public Safety, uh, Jim McMillan. Uh, he has been uh, the director, I guess, for over a, gosh, it's been over a, maybe two years? Has it been over a year, Chief? No, it's been, um, I want to say um, 14 months, something like that. Okay, so we're approaching a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and uh, you know you're you're uh, tackling um, you know being the director at a at a time that's uh, rather interesting. Um, you know, being a police officer has always been tough um, and and dangerous, uh, obviously. Uh, but in our current uh, day and time, it seems even more so. But uh, you have started a program in Sykes, and I really want to talk about today uh, in conjunction with the uh, Department of Justice. It's called Strengthening Police and uh, Community Partnership, and this is where uh, you have brought uh, the community together, uh, more specifically the African com- uh, African-American community uh, together to talk about how to build uh, better relationships. And so that's what we're going to talk about mainly today. And so, Chief, let's, let's start with this program and and you know how did, how did this come about well what happened was you know um we've had uh first of all we've we've always seemed to lack a good communicate or good communication with the african-american community I've, I've noticed that throughout my career and um then on top of that we've had some um, conduct issues and personnel issues that uh that kind of exacerbated that problem and of course we had an officer-involved shooting. Um, we had the, uh, you know, that wrongful conviction that was, you know, turned over and everything. So we were just really looking at all that put together, and I thought we really need to find a program to try to um, do a clean slate, start from the from scratch, and and try to really start some communication. You know, and, and as I mentioned, your job is tough. Uh, being in law enforcement is tough, but it gets even tougher when there are things that take place, uh, whether that be within our city or outside uh, of our city or another state even, uh, that can sometimes make that even tougher because of mistakes that are made, bad judgment calls, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and I, I, I just can't imagine how tough that is to, as you build something, that there's some things that are out of your control that kind of break that up a little bit, and you almost have to, you know, it's like the you know, one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. Well, that's right. I mean, um, you know, right or wrong. I mean, um, and personally, some in some of those circumstances, I, I sit back and think, man, we don't have anything to do with that, you know. As, and but right or wrong, that is how um, perceptions are developed in in today's society. They're developed off social media, which reaches all over the world. So officers in you know Portland, Oregon, Oregon, or Minnesota, or wherever they're they're saw they're they're seen on uh, on videos and stuff, and people associate that activity with us. And of of course, every department has conduct issues, and that's why every department has supervisors and they have discipline policies. But you know, we have a, a really good department here that I'm proud of, and um, I have over the years um, dealt with you know discipline issues and it's just part of it you know we have we have people you know and there is a high expectation for officers to be of the purest sort and and we really strive to get that and even when we think we've got it we we understand and, and later find out 
hey, we have a human being here that's going to make mistakes, and, and I make mistakes, you know, and, and I've had in my career where my uh, my temper kind of got up, and I'm just being honest, you know. I mean, that kind of stuff happens, and um, you try to put that in check, try to remain professional, but it is frustrating, you know. It seems like to me that it's it's almost being, I mean, the police almost get treated like, you know, if you look at the, uh, let's just say the, the Army, which, is, you know, is, is obviously national, I mean, and there is a head guy over the Army, you know, and you got the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staffs that, that govern all that, you know, but uh, um, departments are all individual. We don't have any head leadership, you know, over the country, over departments. We all have our own chiefs, our own sheriffs, and obviously I don't have any communication with, um, I mean, I, I talk to people around surrounding counties and stuff like that, but very rarely do I get any further than that. So, um, but we get treated like we, we all meet on the weekends, you know, or something <laughs> like that, you know. So um, that is, that is the nature of it, and that's what we deal with. So, in part of this program, and I, I should mention, a few weeks ago was the first step. You brought uh, a lot of uh, community leaders together, um, and they broke out into different sessions and had conversations about what they think is working well, what things may not be working well, and in the process, trying to develop a plan to to that. To have that first step to begin the process of better community relations. After that initial meeting, I mean, how did you feel coming away from that? Oh man, um, I'm going to tell you. Going into that, I talked to Topeka, Kansas. I've talked to people from Erie, Pennsylvania, Galveston, Texas. All these departments use this program, and what they told me was, they said, "Listen, this is uh, it's a good program, but it is going to be brutal for the police department." And so my expectation was very low. I knew it was probably going to be difficult. There was going to be some conflict. People were going to express their opinions about us and be very critical. And so, and I understood that going into it. But I also knew if we weren't willing to sit down and, and talk, we were not going to see any progress. So um, now the day of the meeting, it was phenomenal. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, I sat back and tried to really figure out why ours was so successful and other people, you know, they, they weren't. And the only difference that I could come up with was that those agencies that I mentioned waited until there was a major blow-up and they had a lot of civil, you know, disobedience, riots, and then they tried to sit down. The, the difference here, we wanted to sit down before that happened. I think it made a big impact. Was there anything that surprised you on either side? Cause I, and I, I was there. I got to be a part of it. And, um, you know, there was honest talk about the good things and, and what people felt were the not-so-good things, the bad things about, the you know, between the relationship between the police and the, and the community. Was there anything that, that kind of stood out that maybe surprised you um, that maybe you didn't think about before? You know, um I, I want to say not really. I mean, because I know the problems that that we have in in our department, and as a, as a sergeant, you know, um, the the problems we have are, are lack of communication at times. And we have some officers that are great about that, and they they develop you know partnerships and friendships with citizens, and they get information in. But there's a lot of officers that um, have not learned that just yet, or they they don't quite. Uh, um, understand that the necessity of doing that and the payoff, the return on that investment when you're really reaching out and, and making those connections. So I, I understand that. I understand that we've had, you know, um, 
some conduct issues that, like I said before, that, I, you know, I, I've done myself, just honestly, when you lose your temper. Or, and, you know, you try to keep that at a minimum. I mean, um, I always hated when that happened, um, and it wasn't very often, but it, it can take place, you know. And and we we discipline officers for that. You know, it's easier with uh, body cameras now to, to do that. But uh, um, not really. I mean, I, like I said, there's we got good policies and procedures. We just got to make sure that our officers are following. For the most part, they do. I mean, but there is a perception that even when we're doing the things that we're supposed to be doing, that a lot of people don't understand that that's there's a reason behind that. I mean, that, you know, well, we can't just go out and arrest people because you say the word on the street is that, Johnny is the one that shot Billy. I mean, we got to have evidence of that. And people think that, well, I told them what I heard on the street, but they're not doing anything. Well, we can't. You know what I mean? Because we got to have an eyewitness to say, I was there, I saw this, not what you heard. I mean, so there's a lot of uh, um, issues like that that I think we're going to be talking about and trying to to clear up. And there'll be issues that, um, you know, we're – where we need to make some improvements. And I'm excited about having that conversation. I, I think one thing that really that I took away from that um, was the the citizens, you know, who were really wanting the same things that that I want. Um, you know, and I think we I think there's there's a lot more in common than people really think. And and I was also very um, I was I was somewhat surprised and very proud of this young lady that got up and and she was talking about the responsibility of the youth and that that has to really get what she said get their act together you know and and I think that when she said that and then gave her criticism of us it made me hear the criticism more you know what I mean because I, I really felt like she was being fair and I you know and it made me listen to her more so and taking equal responsibility basically that's right and that's that's what I want to do I mean I think I think uh, if we can do that and really you know be strong enough to take a look in the mirror and say hey we know that's not right I mean the wor- you know the worst thing that happens on both sides of this issue is that the individual starts to develop an us versus them mentality whether it's the police officer thinking well um all these people are against me and and they're they're not helping me do the job that i need to do to make the community safe and it's that causes a lot of frustration you know um, you gotta keep in mind officers deal with death and shootings and it's you know and they really want to solve these cases and but the other side of that is, is that the, you know, the community is, is thinking, you know, here comes the officer. They're not here for my best interests, and they always treat us a certain way. So, um, and I think in both of those scenarios, no one is taking the time to get to know the person. We're talking with Jim McMillan. He is the uh, director of the Sykeston Department of Public Safety. Uh, Sykeston is unique in the fact that it has both uh, fire and police in, in one, essentially. If you if you do one, you do the other. And it's been that way for uh, a number of years. And one of the things that, um, Chief, that you're trying to do is to uh, better the relationship between the department um, and with the community. And you're doing that through this program called Strengthening Police and Community Partnership. 
concept. You have the initial meeting, and and again, there were several uh, leaders in the community there, and that was a really great thing to see too. All the different people that were there. Um, but then you took that large group, and you've you've made it a little bit smaller. You've you've created this committee, and and so what is this committee now charged with doing here within the community? Yeah, it's, it's probably about 25% of the large group. I, you know, initially we started with about 12, and I think we, we might be up to about 18, 20 or something like that. Um, and that, that group, we're gathering. We gathered once. We're going to gather again uh, next week. But we basically just sat down and kind of started to get to know each other, um, traded some information, and we kind of just talked about the large group meeting. And we, we started talking about some of the perceptions and the cultural issues, the cult, the police culture, you know, and then the culture in the black community and the culture in the white community and, and about how I think that, you know, regardless of which group that you're actually would associate yourself to, people tend to not really um, fully understand the culture that, that, that they're looking at or something like that. So, and I think that misunderstanding causes a lot of issues and, um, you know, misinterpretations and what, you know, there's a lot of examples like that that I could use, but we're, we're talking about uh, just some experiences that some of the individuals have had um, with police, why they believe what they believe. In some of those situations, there is some explanation of, well, the officer may have treated you this way because of A, B, and C, um, and in other ones, it's like, hey, that shouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? So we're just kind of hashing out some of those things. I think we've got to develop a level of trust in that group. And then once we do that, then we can kind of uh, start moving outward toward the community a little bit more. And it seemed, Chief, in, in the meeting that I, meetings I was in that initial day, the one central theme that seemed to kind of pop out in, in, all, in most of those conversations was really just communication. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, I wish I'd seen this sooner, but it seems obvious to me now that in 2000, was it 14? I can't remember when it was, but the uh, we had the Ferguson riots, which was highly publicized, and it really um, gave law enforcement in general a black eye. You know, I mean, it really kind of hurt our reputation. Um, now, now, right or wrong or, or late, you know, initially there were some findings and later they changed some of the findings. They found out some other things, but without getting all that, it doesn't really matter. The perceptions of law enforcement went down. Um, and, you know, when that happens, you go out and you work as a police officer and the community, they talk to you about that. And sometimes if, if they're not your biggest fan, they're, they're mentioning it in ways that, that causes, uh, you know, it's it's a form of rejection to that officer, and the officer gets a little defensive about that. He gets a little on the edge, and he's like, what's going to happen? And then he disengages from communication. He backs up a little bit because he's human, and most people would do that. But I would say, actually, if I could go back in time, I would really stress the importance of continuing, if not improving, communication then. I mean, if we could have done this program then, we would be so far ahead right now, but I just didn't see it, you know, until later I saw the damage. And, and I think that's, that's just kind of a natural thing that happened. And over time, the officers kind of withdrew from that confrontation, um, and they started handling the calls they had to. And, and I think this is, this is nationally, I think this is a pretty normal process, but, and it just leads to us where we are now. 
And all those, and as we kind of talked about already, all those little moments that you have no control over, especially the ones that are outside of the community, wherever that may be, um, you know, make the job tougher. One of the things that um, I, and I don't think you're alone that's making things tougher is staffing, getting new police officers um, because of all the different challenges going on. I, I know Sykeston is facing the same thing, right? Oh, that's right. You know, and and we're somewhat at a disadvantage because what you mentioned earlier is that we do police and fire, and you have, um, you know, the students in the academy, and they're looking for a job in law enforcement. And some of the things that the other agencies use against us, they they tell them, "Do you really want to be a fireman?" You know what I mean? And and of course, they don't know anything about that, and they're not interested in that. They're interested in law enforcement. Now, I know this because this is what I thought, and. Um, in fact, Sykeston put me through the academy in 1999, and that was one of the reasons I came to work here. But I was apprehensive about working fire division, so it is a it is a challenge um, that we have we have that others don't have. So I think we're probably hurting more than some of the surrounding agencies. But you are correct; all of them are hurting right now, and it's a simple economics of supply and demand. Um, you know, there's there's fewer and fewer people going through the academy, so they're not replacing those who are leaving. And you've you've seen in the news that some of these guys that are able to retire, they're they're leaving, and some of them want to go into other professions, and um, some of them just go work for other agencies and things like that. There's a variety of reasons that we're losing officers, but uh, um, we've lost. I mean, I would say uh, if we're scheduled to lose a couple this month, so I mean, over the last. Over this 14-month period, we'll be up to what looks to be like 17 officers we've lost, and I think we've replaced five of them, um, if that tells you anything. So we're yeah. we're about, we're going to be, at the end of this month, about 12 officers down, maybe 13. Um, and it's just getting to the point where agencies are, are looking to, um, you know, they're, they're looking at how much money do we need to pay the officer to acquire the few officers in the area, which which basically means agencies are fighting over people, and and you know it's important. Everybody wants to keep their jurisdiction safe and, and their community safe. Um, the incentive for that officer or for that individual who is thinking about law enforcement is not there, you know, because he doesn't know um, what it's about. He knows what he sees on TV looks really bad, and and he or she may just be like, you know what. I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna get involved in that, and and that's that's. I think that's what we're seeing, and it's really hurting. Well, and, and in the same way that those things outside of the community are affecting, um, you know, policing within the community as far as that relationship with the community, it's also affecting those people, you know, young people, because you, you really want to look at some young people. I mean, no, you know, certainly not my, my age, but you know, younger who can come in and um, who have a. a you know, a desire to to do the job, but I think you're right. If you're if you're watching some of these things that we see on social media or in the media as a whole, it, got, it has to make you think twice about wanting to do something like that. Oh, I think it's natural. You know, I will say this though: um, I don't think it's as bad as it appears to be. You know, a lot of this stuff is um, there's there's problems, and we're working on those problems, but. Just like in that meeting, and you saw this that day, everybody worked well together. It was a civil discussion, and people want good things for the community. You know, I can remember years ago, 
in the in the late nineties, and I, from my understanding, it was it was worse before I got here. That as a police officer, they you'd get uh, bottles thrown at you. You would have uh, cinder blocks bust at your feet. People's throwing chunks of cinder blocks on the street at you. Um, and we're not having that, thank thank God. I mean, you know. So, um, but the social the social media aspect of things really makes it appear a lot worse than it is. It's not that there's not problems, but um, I think what I'm getting at, those people who are thinking about becoming a police officer, I would say do it and um, because there's a lot. Our communities right now need their police more than ever. I mean, they, they just really do. And um, it's a tough time, but this is what we this is what we want. I mean, my family lives in the community. My mom and dad live in the community, and um, I have friends here. I've, I've worked here for 22 years. It's home, you know, so we want – we want the best thing for the community, and, and we're just wanting people to come to fly. So. Well, uh, Chief, we really appreciate the time today. I know you're, you're busy, got a lot going on, but uh, we wanted to get you on to talk about the, these couple of things. And obviously, any time that uh, you got something going on, give us a call. Let us know. We'll let people know. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Chief Jim McMillan, uh, we thank him for being on, and we thank you for joining us on the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell.